Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Just James! It's your host, James, and I have my beautiful co host, Thomas the Plant, next to me. He's growing new little leaves. I'm like a proud mom today. He looks so pretty. So, Summer is doing him well. Um, my snake plant got these like beautiful flowers and then suddenly made like all these little baby snake plants. So, I'm propagating snake plants at the moment. So, I'm like like a farmer i've decided <laughs> i hope you guys are well it is wednesday my dudes it's almost the end of july this year is flying by honestly i can't believe it's just rushing by so fast but yeah all's good in the hood um still have my stupid ear infection i've decided my jaw is still really sore um, and I can't seem to shake it. It's driving me crazy. So if it's still here by Friday, I'll phone my doctor again. But I finished the antibiotics I was given um, and I'm still recovering from my foot injury. So, I mean, I'm I'm such a catch. I don't understand it. <laughs> but all is well my side. I really fancied a pizza for dinner. But I didn't want like the calories of the pizza. So, I mean, I don't know if... If this has, like, always been around and you guys are like, yeah, James, we all do this. Or if I've, like, revolutionized and, like, found something that's very cool. So I took a whole wheat wrap and then I sort of made that my pizza base and then sort of put um, uh, tomato puree and a bit of tomato sauce as the base. And then a bit of cheese and a bit of um, spinach. And I made, like, a pizza that way. And I was so proud of myself. So that was my dinner. Um, yeah, and actually, I thought it was really nice. Obviously, it doesn't have the crisp and the the niceness of, like, a pizza base. But, um, you know, it sort of it's fancy, it fixed the craving. And um, I had that for dinner. So, yeah, I had that. I had a very chilled weekend. I literally did not leave my house from Friday until Monday. And just hung out and just did nothing. It was so great. I really just, I think Saturday I, I like popped to the store and got some odds and ends. But literally just like watched movies, chilled, watched the rugby. Um, England and South Africa played uh, on Saturday. South Africa lost very sadly. Um, it's quite a tough one because, you know, I now see myself as British. Um, you know, I have British citizenship. I have a British passport. And, um, of course, I see myself as South African as well. So it's a really tough, tough decision when, when they play against each other because who do you support? And I think I always have to support South Africa in the rugby. Um, it wouldn't be right if I didn't, I don't think. I think, you know, I have to support my home ground for that one. But for football or anything else, it would definitely be the English team. <laughs> so, yeah, all's good on my side. Um, I don't think I have much else news for you, like news-wise, because I haven't done anything at all. Um, you know, I've sort of like stuck to myself, just behaved, doing my job, doing what I need to do. Um, I had a lovely listener that um, came across my first podcast that I ever did, which was about my breast surgery. And um, sort of asked me advice and she said, look, I'm sure along the way you've maybe given advice on how to find a great surgeon. 
but would love to sort of get some advice. So I thought maybe that would be a nice little start for our podcast today. You know, and like before you go and have like, you know, con- con- uh, elective surgery and, um, you know, whether surgery is recommended or if it's something that you want to do electively, you always have to like think about going to a good surgeon and sort of being referred to a good surgeon. Now, the thing in the UK and one of the, the, the laws is that you can't encourage anybody to have surgery. It's, um, you, you can't even go to like a dermatologist and they'd be like, oh, this is what's wrong with your face because that's sort of, it's, it's um, encouragement. I can't think of the right word. And you sort of like, you, you're steering somebody into having something done to themselves. And obviously if something goes wrong, then you could sue and be like, well, you told me to do this. And the same with the surgeon. So, you know, your GP may refer you to a surgeon for, you know, something that needs to be done. But at the end of the day, um, you know, that then GP would have to then take the insurance for if anything went wrong because they personally referred you to that doctor, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of the time, people may sort of give you a number of suggestions or sort of be like, well, here's some surgeons, go, you know, research them yourself. So that they sort of take the the risk off themselves on the high, you know, the high risk of something going wrong. And then you've been like, you told me to go to this person. So I would never encourage, and I, I say this so often on my podcast, um, you know, because I've worked in the medical industry for so many years, I'm, I have so much experience with it. I understand it. And I will often say to you, you know, I'm not a medical professional. I can't give you medical advice. I can't steer you in the right direction. I can't tell you to take painkillers. You know, there's, there's so many things I say, and it's to protect myself as well because I don't want anybody listening to this podcast being like, just James told me to do this because that's not my intention. All I'm trying to do is maybe like help educate and help help somebody that's actually just looking for a little bit of guidance. So please go and do your research. Please go read the internet. Please go like read up again. Up, up about each person that you want to go and see and sort of understand the procedure that you're going to be doing and have the right questions that need to be asked as well. So when you're finding a surgeon, so I would say, you know, it's due diligence. Firstly, are they board certified if you're in the, in the, in the USA, uh, in the UK, are they uh, a BARP surgeon or a BAPRA surgeon? So BARPS is a, is a membership organization that deals with plastic surgeons. Now, there is quite a few regulations that a BARP surgeon would have to meet before they can even become a BARP surgeon. One of them as well is that they can't operate in any other countries. So they can't be like mavericks anywhere else. You know, they're regulated in one country and that means they work in the UK themselves. Now, please like have a look at your own country if you're not from the UK or the USA. I'm just using these two as an example because they're the only two I really know. Um, but I'm sure, you know, around the world, you'll all have your own membership organizations. So are they members of the other organizations, which means that they're well insured. Those organizations have sort of checked that their their qualifications are accurate BARPs is a great one. There's only, I think, 300 and something, blah, 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 surgeons that are BARP surgeons. And if they're a BARP surgeon, it means they're pretty much the best of the best in the UK. Um, and I'm pretty sure the board, I'm, I'm sure it works the same in the US, I'm not, but I could be wrong, that uh, if they're board certified or double board certified, it means they've, you know, crossed all the, do, you know, the checks and they've, they're, you know, very educated surgeons. So firstly, make sure that they obviously um, are 
you know, with, you know, they're certified? And also, are they uh, specialized in the field that you're looking for? So if you're looking for a general surgeon that pretty much can do anything, they, I'm not saying this in any bad way against a general surgeon, but the thing is that they're not focus on one specific area. So if you were going to a breast surgeon, a plastic surgeon that was specialized in breasts or a plastic surgeon specialized in hands or um, that my personal opinion is that that would be a better surgeon to go with because that surgeon has specialized in that field. That's their focus. That's what they're good at. They know that that's what they're good at and that's what they focus on. In my opinion, that's what a good surgeon would be. A lot of surgeons in the UK normally focus on two practices. So the one, if it's a breast surgeon, sometimes they'll be a, a hand surgeon or, you know, if they're a, a foot surgeon, they'll be a knee surgeon. I don't know. I'm just thinking of, of things. <laughs> so make sure that they are trained in sort of their field as well and offer cosmetic procedures. So make sure that they are accustomed to cosmetics so and why I say that is because obviously the scarring and things like that I would always ask friends family neighbors um you know your your worst enemy down the street like who who they use for their surgery you know if you see somebody that's had something done you know they've had something done you go oh my god you look amazing find out who they use because sometimes just that referral you already have seen that person's work you've seen that person's results it might be worth just starting from there that way you'll also be adequate adequately prepared because they would have gone through that ask them what questions they asked ask them what they didn't like about the surgeon what they did and sort of get all of the like down and dirty about that surgeon in particular from somebody that's going to tell you quite honestly and have a look at their reviews there's there's so many websites that you can look at surgeons reviews these days and it's really important that you go and have a look at the good ones and the bad ones do the good ones outweigh the bad ones do the bad ones outweigh the good ones it's really important that you go and have a look at both and then find a support group so if you're having a a surgery for a really common condition you'll probably find like a support group online but if you have something a little bit more serious that you need a surgeon for and you you know you that people have legitimately complained about the care then that will finding those support groups with with people that have been through that same surgery and have maybe been with that same surgeon would definitely like help you compile a list of surgeons so if you want to have um i don't know liposuction go and find a support group for liposuction or lipidemia with patients that have been through lipidemia and get their advice on surgeons because they would have gone through all of that. You know, they may sort of like have some advice and things. It would be a really good way to sort of um, help sort of find the right person. Just remember the le- to worry less about bedside manner and more about the final outcome. You know, some surgeons are awkward. They're not people, people. Um, they're not good with people but they're exceptionally good at surgery. And I think like our mindset is, oh, somebody needs to have good bedside manner to operate. No, they don't. They honestly don't because there are some really awkward, strange surgeons out there who do the most impeccable surgery. And I've personally stood in their theater and watched them operate. And they were so highly skilled and impressive in a theater that quite honestly, the bedside manner meant fuck all afterwards. It's not, it's not important. If the surgeon doesn't see after surgery, it's not important because your recovery is what's important. And hopefully you can find somebody that will be compassionate and highly skilled 
um, and make sure that the insurance for that, that the company has insurance as well. If they ask them who the insurance company is and actually call the insurance company and request a list of surgeons that accept, you know, if you don't, I'm making no sense here. So if you have insurance and you want your uh, surgeon to be covered by insurance, then you need to phone the insurance, your insurer and make sure that, that that specific surgeon will be covered by them and vice versa then. So make sure that that surgeon has insurance as well. So, um, you know, you don't want something to go wrong and you sue the surgeon and he's got no insurance and he actually can't afford to, to repair or repay. So make sure that that is the case as well. Most surgeons will, to be honest. Um, I don't think any surgeon is dumb enough not to operate these days without insurance. And certainly check their credentials. You know, every single surgeon will have studied in a certain place in a certain area and that will come up um, you know, if you especially if you want to look in particular for American boards um, in America, you can actually check if your um, if your surgeon's qualifications are real, and then arrange a consultation. You know, once you've narrowed down your list of potential surgeons, it's go shopping, go and see them all, go and like spend time with them. In the UK, in particular, you may pay to go and see that specific surgeon. Um, but in my opinion, sometimes maybe it's just worth it to go and actually spend the money, go and see that surgeon and make sure that you're happy with them. And, um, you know, make sure you see more than one surgeon would be my advice as well. So I hope that helps. Um, you know, if this is, if these sort of topics is what is interesting to you guys and you want to hear more of these sort of things, then let me know. Um, you know, I've, I've always been really open about you guys coming to me on my Instagram. If you have questions, you want me to talk about something in particular, please let me know. Um, my Instagram is just James podcast, which is just underscore James underscore podcast, uh, DM me. And, um, I try and talk about what you guys ask me. So hopefully that helps. I've got a little pimple on my face and it's, it's like one of those, like really sore, you know, like the sugar ones. And it's, it's like above my lip, between my nose and my lip. Like sort of on that, um, I don't know, where your moustache should be, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know what that area is called. And it's so sore. It's one. It's like like tender to touch. And I think it's, I, I'd have, I did have a Magnum ice cream. And I did have some of those like Danon, is it Danon? I can't remember. The, oh, those little sweets that you get from Ikea. I had a couple in my freezer. I like, fro I like chocolate frozen. So I always put my chocolates in the freezer. So I happened to find a chocolate in the freezer. And I was like, oh, I want that. Um, and it's obviously made me break out. So I was looking at ways to like, like naturally get rid of pimples as well. Um, and obviously, you know, the first thing is have a really good skincare routine, but you, you know, we all, we all girls, we all people, we all get pimples. Um, and you know, one of the things I, I sort of looked at ways in which you could get rid of pimples fast. And one is actually tea tree oil. So, um, it's, um, tea tree oil is actually native to Australia which I didn't know. Um, and then it helps fight bacteria. It reduces skin inflammation and it helps with acne um, and two other type of bacteria that actually cause pimples. So I, I found a study that found that 5% of tea tree oils were almost four times more effective at reducing acne and others and almost six, six times more effective at reducing acne severity. So I found that really interesting. So it's proven to be effective against pimples. So that's why often you'll find it in lotions with like um, benzoyl peroxide, which is another also common acne treatment medication. 
and it sort of has like fewer adverse effects like dryness, irritation and burning. So tea tree oil is a great thing to help and it also can prevent and cause redness and irritation directly on the skin. So I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a really great thing to like consider. So I'm going to try and give myself a little bit of tea tree oil. Um, and then what you do is you sort of take one drop of tea tree oil to one drop of, of courier oil and then dip a cotton swab into the mixture and then add that directly to the pimple. Apply your moisturizer if you want afterwards and then repeat the process one or two times a day as needed until your little pimple goes away. Another thing is essential oils. Uh, you know, essential oils are antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, and they can help reduce pimples as well. So a large scientific review found that essential oils of cinnamon, rose, lavender, and clove fought the bacteria with, with acne and sort of um, and those sort of things. Rosemary and lemongrass were also a great one. And because um, all of, by the way, all of these things I found were like all natural things. I was just kind of looking for like, I don't want to put more chemicals on my face. So I was looking for natural solutions. So all of these are pretty natural. And sweet basil essential oil was, had 75% of reducing the rate of pimples. I thought that was so cool. And I love basil. Basil's amazing. So um, green tea is another one. So you can have like, you can make like a, like wash your face with green tea. Um so it's got flavoroids and tannins that help fight the bacteria and pimples. So that's, you know, all of us, well, most of us have green tea in our, frid- in our fridges, in our cupboards that you sort of buy when you think you're going to lose weight and then you sit with green tea in the cupboard for the next four years. That, well, that's my house anyway. So um, green tea is also a really good one. So steep the green tea for like three or four minutes, then let it cool down. Then apply it to your face with a cotton ball spritzer, or you can even put it in like a spray bottle. Then leave it on your face for 10 minutes, or if you sort of can, overnight. And then rinse your face with water, and then apply it two to three times a day. And then you can actually store the rest of it in the refrigerator. So like as you need it, you can just, you know, douse it on your face as you want to go. So that was another one. And the last one was aloe vera. So it's a tropical plant that leaves leaves like a like a clear gel. And then you can apply that to the skin and it fights bacteria, reduces inflammation and promotes wound healing as well. So if you have like a little cut or, or sore, that's another great one to consider. And um, the study found that aloe vera fights pimples, um, but exist resources, but the existing resource wasn't so sure about it. So I wrote that down. Um, it says it fights pimples, but there wasn't like any scientific proof behind it. So maybe this one might not be as like truthful as the other ones. But basically, if you scrape the gel out of an out of the aloe leaf with a spoon, you apply the gel to the skin or to where the acne is or cutters or whatever it is. And then sort of like let that stay on there as long as you can. And then uh, repeat that one or two times a day or as desired. So hopefully that's another idea. So I'm going to try, I'm definitely going to try the tea tree oil myself and maybe the green tea. But I don't want to also like do too much and then sort of over overkill my skin either. But um, this evening I'm going to a cat's birthday party. Never been to one before. My beautiful friend, it's her pet's first birthday, her little cat. Um, I think I've spoken about her cat before. I'm sure I did a podcast on like what to consider when you get a kitten. Uh, yes, I did. It's coming back to me. It's all coming back. Um, yes, yeah, so that kitten, I can't believe it was a year ago that I almost did that podcast about like what to consider when you're getting a kitten. And um, it's her cat Jazzy's birthday. So we're having a cat birthday party this evening. 
And um, yes, it's extra. Yes, it's crazy. But you know what? We don't have children. We are grown-ups with our own money. And this is what we want to do with it. So we're having a cat birthday party. So I actually looked at what um, how fun eight fun ways to celebrate your cat's birthday. And I found an, a website called The Spruce Pets. And they had all different sort of pets. They had dogs, cats, birds, small animals, aquarium, reptiles, horses, best pet products, and about us. And on the website, they had a really sweet article, which was eight ways to celebrate your cat's birthday. So... You know, I think everybody behaves differently with their pets. Whether you see this as absolutely insanity or what a great idea, I'm going to do the same. You know, I think we are, we're all, we're, we're a group of people that love animals. We're dog people, we're cat people, we're bunny people. And I certainly am. I'm obsessed with dogs. I've talked about them all the time. So I don't have a dog, but I would most likely be doing this for my dog anyway, if I had one. So, um... I don't see any problem with, with doing this for the cat. So I think the first thing I have to do is find the perfect present. I looked online for like the perfect cat toys and I just thought everything I saw, I was like, quite honestly, she's probably got all of that. She probably has all of those things. So I've decided I'm going to make her some cat treats. Um, so I'm making them. I found a recipe. It's a three-part recipe. It's salmon, flour, and egg. And then you sort of mix them all together. I don't have the quantities on me. Sorry, unfortunately. Um, but if you just Google three-part cat treats, um, you mix it all together and then you cut it into little shapes. I'm going to make it into like little fish shapes like so that they're going to look like goldfish and then bake them. And then I found a beautiful jar. So I'm going to fill them in the jar and then give that to give that to Tash for her cat. Um But, you know, you can make a cat toy. You can sort of like do a cat tree um anything that they can like sharpen the claw or not take the sharpness out of their claws. I don't know how it works, I don't have a cat. Um, you know, those are always really great, great gift ideas. Giving you a little kitty catnip on their birthday is always a good thing as well. You know, catnip bubbles or fresh leaves. Um, it is their birthday, so maybe soft catnip toys. Um and you know, you can give them little sprinkles of it and let them enjoy a little bit of catnip. And then you can have their portrait taken. So, you know, you've probably snapped so many pictures of your animals like any cat owner would do. But why not mark your cat's special occasion by getting like a professional photographer to come and take pictures of your kitty. Uh, and you can cherish it with, you know, really professional pictures and photos of your cat that you can have framed or, you know, you can put in a memory or your Instagram or whatever it is and have a keepsake for their birthday. You know, we do it for our kids. Why not do it for your pets? Um, you know, do a cat cake. So there's special cat cakes. I see that um, it's probably not for cats, but Asda has a cat-shaped cake. So um, I, d I don't know if it's cat-friendly or if it's just shaped like a cake like a cat because it's cute I don't know um but you know you can give your cat in particular a special cat friendly no break fish cake or you know you can sort of like find some pantry items that the cat can really indulge in um you know mix some of their dry mix with you know make make their food in the shape of the cookie cutter so that it looks cuter and then put a little candle on it you know you could do those sort of things for your cat 
Uh, and then pamper your sweet cat, you know, you know, quietly celebrating your cat's birthday with a little bit of pampering. Take your time to give them a little bit of extra love. Not that they need any more. I'm sure they're needy and they'll come for love as they need it. Uh, but, you know, you can you can also get somebody like a holistic pet masseuse to come and do a house call and give your cat an extra little little bit of love and comfort for their birthday. Get them a nice little massage if you're going to go extreme. Um, and, you know, it's cuddle up with them, have a nice little nap with them. Take them on an adventure. That's another idea that they had was you could sort of put them on their little cat lead. And take them for a walk outside. If um, I know Tasha's little cat has its own little lead and she takes it out. Uh, but, you know, you can have a little wander, get it used to the lead and then take it out. Slowly introduce your cat to the outdoors where it's safe and that, that you know, obviously it's nowhere that they're going to get harmed by any dogs or any cars or anything. But take them for a little wander. And then celebrate, you know, for the good cause. You know, you make your cat's birthday count for a good cause. So instead of buying toys or treats for your cat, maybe consider donating to a charity, maybe a pet charity. Check with the local shelters and see if they need any, like, food or donations. Most shelters always need something to support them. And, you know, if your cat is pampered and has a really great life, which I'm sure it does, then maybe bring awareness to animal causes on social media. You know, reach out to animal cancer researchers or GoFundMe pages that need like cats for needy cat organizations. You know, there's so many different causes out there that, that might need your your support and help. So it might be a really good opportunity to do that. Um, on a little sadder note, my beautiful bestie called me earlier and she's her family friend is really sadly lost uh, their mom to COVID and it's so sad and it's so like heartbreaking that you know there's just so many friends it's just touching everybody I, I think we all now know somebody or somebody that's close to us that we've that's been lost to cancer and my other best friend Cyan in who lives in Scotland her dad's sister just got um, died in, in Zimbabwe so it's really really sad and I think sometimes you know supporting somebody or somebody that's bereaved is is can be really difficult and sometimes it's just best to just talk and listen one of the most helpful things you can do is just listen to them you know let your friend talk and cry and just work through the pain and just know that you can't fix their grief but you can support them and listen to them and it's one of the probably the kindest things you can do um offer practical help you know if if sometimes bereaved people find it really difficult to make decisions you know and if you're level-headed and you um can maybe make decisions for them like let me pick up the kids from school for you let me uh look after the kids today why don't I cook you dinner like just do little things that they can just focus on their hurt a little bit um find out if they need more support you know do they need um, help in the house, you know, do, do they need something they can look or support or leave information for them? Don't pressure anybody when they're sort of grieving, just, you know, but just they might be feeling overwhelmed as it is and just might need your comfort. So, you know, consider the individual situation. Grief is universal to a point, but everybody is going to sort of grieve differently. Um, there might be some things that are important to one person that might not feel top priority to you or vice versa. So bear with those people. Be mindful of factors that can affect their 
experiences, you know, it can affect their health, it can affect their disabilities, the gender, the sexuality. There's so many things that that affect different relationships with different people for a reason. Um, and understand that grief doesn't ever go away, unfortunately. You know, those who are really close to somebody or love somebody really deeply, it it's going to be a really long time for them to recover. And don't expect that person to ever just get over death of somebody else because you feel that it's a time to. So it can take years. It can take decades. You know, remember important dates, anniversaries, birthdays, holidays can be particularly painful for people who are grieving and missing somebody. And then prepared, you know, understand their needs. So, you know, sometimes you, um, somebody's going to grieve differently from day to day. It's just not possible to always, like, be happy or get over it really fast. And if you're very close to that person, then just let them feel safe, you know, let them feel safe with you. And um, suggest useful services. You know, it's not, there's no set timeline for grief. We all know that there's like f different stages, but, you know, there could be um, services that could help them, like a, like a helpline or, um, you know, help them make funeral arrangements. You know, there's just, there's so many things you could maybe offer to do. But uh, unfortunately, grief is just not something that you can ever truly understand unless you've been through it yourself. So I'm so sorry to my dear friends and I'm so sorry to anybody out there that is grieving at the moment. It's it's not hard. If you want somebody to talk to, I'm not a trained psychologist, but please reach out to me if you just need a friend. I you know, this is a, my podcast is a community and I want everybody to feel safe and loved here. And um you know, a place that you can just let go for a little bit and listen to my dumb stories. <laughs> Um, feeling quite tearful after that, actually, because I think my heart's hurting for my friend, uh, and it's quite it's quite tough to to see somebody you love hurt, and um, it's not easy at all. Oh, I'm, okay, I'm going to change the subject because I'm trying not to to cry. So I think if I change the subject, I'll stop thinking about it. Um, I started watching Sons of Anarchy. If anybody hasn't watched it run it is brilliant it is you know it's one of those things i'd kind of fudged over being like man i don't think it's for me and two people in like two days said to me how freaking brilliant it is and i suspect i'm going to be up all bloody night watching i started this morning i'm on episode eight now of the first season and i'm hooked i'm absolutely hooked so brilliant 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 series if you're looking for something really good to watch at the moment um last week's conundrum uh Mish got it. Um, first one out the gate, ready to go. And um, I don't think anybody else guessed this week, actually. So uh, either it was a shit one and none of you guys cared, or it was really difficult and Mish was the only one that got it. So one or the other. But it was, what kind of band never plays music? And the answer was a rubber band. So well done, Mish. You got that one. If anybody wants to guess again, come to me on my Instagram, uh, Just James Podcast. Give me answers and I will give a shout out next week. And this week's one is I am an odd number. Take away a letter and I become even. What number am I? I am an odd number. Take away a letter and I become even. What number am I? So let me know on my Instagram, uh, Just James Podcast. The I don't have any reviews for you guys because, again, I haven't left my house. But I'm following... A TikToker, or it's a, it's a lesbian couple on TikTok. It's called Cole underscore Abby, C O L E underscore A B B I E. And um, 
it's such a sweet couple. She, the, um, Abby had come from a heterosexual relationship, had two kids, and sort of knew that she wasn't um, straight, sort of left a marriage she wasn't happy and met Cole, and they've, they got married a couple of years ago. And they've been going through an IVF journey. And I'm fascinated by this IVF journey. So I'm following it with them because I'm really enjoying it. And they took Cole's egg and put it in Abby, which they had um, a sperm donor. And Abby's carrying Cole's baby. And it's just such a fascinating, such a sweet little couple. They're based in Scotland. Um, they've been um, highlighted on the news and all sorts of stuff because of their sweet talk tiktoks and stuff so they're a really lovely couple so if you're looking for a nice sweet couple to follow i'd highly recommend them they're just a really nice nice couple um and i'm finding the ivf journey they're sort of keeping everybody involved and you know updating everybody and i'm really enjoying the journey with them so i'm following them for that but you know i always try and leave my podcast with was sort of a positive message and you know motivation is a process of initiatives guides maintaining goal-oriented behavior and you know motivation comes in so many different forms of biological emotional social conjunctive forces that activate behavior and in every day we can sometimes use the term motivation to describe when a person's doing something but I think motivation comes from happiness as well you know, I'm motivated when I'm happy. I'm motivated when I'm in a good place. I'm not motivated when I'm down and upset. So, and I think that's where the behavior comes in. So I think, you know, this week, guys, I want you all to be happy. I want to find happiness for all of you. And let's hope that it brings motivation for the next week. I hope you guys dream of puppies. Thank you for listening to my podcast and I will see you next week. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.